0: Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. Welcome to Weekly Jump, presented
1: as part of the Geekly Grind Podcast Network. This is our weekly episode reviewing first impressions of newer anime and manga titles. Let's jump in.
0: Okay. Hey, everybody. We are back with another episode of Weekly Jump. This week, we are starting out with something new. Um, It is a a thing that I have played around with a little bit um, for a little while thinking about different ways to do it. Um, and the way that we ended up thinking it was the best uh, to do it was to do an indie alley sort of thing. Um, and that is supporting indie artists, uh, while doing our podcasts. Um, so I, I thought that would be fun, especially while cons are down, um, being able to support different indie artists, um, in whichever ways we can is, is something that I think is really important. Um, and I think that you should too. Uh, so the the person that I am going to be uh, giving a shout out to this week is if you're looking this person up, they are on Twitter at uh, it's C H E R I P I Art. So, I think that's Cheribi Art. Um, And their stuff is fantastic. They came uh, uh, suggested to us through Grant of the Blade Licking Thieves. Uh, You'll remember that as being one of our favorite crossovers we've ever done. they do really really fantastic work. Um one of my favorite things that they did uh was just like it's a it's a bunch of little chibi um my hero academia characters all wrapped around a uh, super intimidating weird version of All Might. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. There's just yeah, there's there's also um, a a like uh, a mashup of uh, a couple of different princesses and also one that's like a it looks like a Jigglypuff that is cosplaying as a as a Pikachu, which is uh, you know right up Blake's alley. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's a lot of really cool stuff that's done by this artist. I think you should definitely check them out. Um, and, uh, I think one of the coolest things that they have out there is these really cool vinyl stickers. Um, they do a uh, one for like dark stalkers. Um, there's uh, a, a bunch of buttons for the different heroes from my hero academia and they're done in this style. That's just like, uh, it's, it's I I can't think of it any other way than like uh like almost like an American media version of these characters like an uh, American um comic book version of these characters okay it's a it's a really cool spin on it um, i I think the one that I would probably want to buy the most though was there's a stranger things charms uh, setup and it's all done in that like amazing style. Um, so I think you should definitely check them out um, and uh, go and and support your indie artists today so yeah. especially
1: now that you know most people uh, in our listenership are probably gearing up for holiday times. And most of those holiday times seem to involve gifts of some sort, so, you know, getting somebody a relatively unique indie artist creation is not a bad choice.
0: Yeah, yeah, it supports people that we want to support. Anyways, uh, we are getting in this week with probably the biggest name that we've had so far um, on one of these episodes, uh, which is going to be what Blake is covering in the screen time this week. And uh, Blake, uh, what is what is the screen time you're
1: covering this week? Um, well, it's this little, uh, the little um, anime that could called Boruto. <laughs> It it is uh, if you have uh, completely missed this, um, Boruto is the sequel series to Naruto. Uh, Naruto is a long running manga series that was super popular. It was considered one of the big three back in the day, along with Bleach and One Piece. And Naruto uh, is one of our is is our number one most popular show that we've covered so far on our podcast. So uh, if you have somehow missed all of that, there's a lot of Naruto coverage that you can dig into in this feed. Um, <laughs> Naruto also, of course, has a sequel television series called Naruto Shippuden that marks a section of Naruto's plot that takes place after a time skip in the manga. There is not a name change. It, they just change the color of the bindings. If you're collecting, if you're getting the like collected editions from your, your library or your bookstore or whatever uh so don't be confused naruto is the series as a whole but naruto shippuden is a disambiguation for the anime specifically although they are the same story boruto takes place after that and is kind of confusing because there is a manga and there's an anime and they're not exactly identical but sometimes they are so uh the we've talked a a couple times on the show so i don't want to go on and on too much about this i know spencer has seen a little bit of boruto it sounds like i've seen a little bit more of boruto um and it's been going for a couple of years now and uh, basically it just picks up with naruto's son a guy named boruto when he is around the age that naruto was at the beginning of the original naruto series um It is fun. Some people don't like Legend of Korra, so don't let this... If you're one of those people, steal yourself because I'm going to make a metaphor and you're not going to like it. But uh, just hear me for what I'm trying to say and set your personal ideologies aside. One of my favorite things about Legend of Korra after watching Avatar The Last Airbender was seeing the ways that the world had advanced in the years since the original story now that we have characters who are one generation distant uh, i think the generation generational distance is a little greater in avatar to legend of korra because it it spans a life of one character rather than just into the adulthood and child having age of that character so the the changes are not nearly as dramatic from naruto into boruto but they are still in existence this is recognizably the world of naruto but it also has some major changes that indicate to you that time has progressed technology has progressed the world has changed in subtle ways without being fundamentally different um, so I really enjoy those kinds of things where you can kind of dive into a new era of a world that you enjoy, and Boruto has that in spades. One thing that I don't enjoy that I think Spencer also hasn't enjoyed, and that we've talked about a few times on our show, but never on a Monday podcast, is that Boruto has a pretty heavy slice of life vibe going to it. It is definitely still a shonen action series that is definitely still about you know anime ninjas. But the first the first arc of Boruto the anime is almost entirely one-off episodes about the students in Boruto's class kind of just being students. And they use their ninja powers to do things and solve problems, and they sometimes get into minor fights with relatively low stakes, but rarely does it feel like these stakes are high in the way that a lot of shonen battle anime are uh and that that made getting through the first part of borto something of a slog for me personally there are some people who are going to super love it because the benefit of that that extended section of the story is that you really feel like you get to know the characters and one thing that naruto the original series does is that it builds a, a huge cast of ensemble supporting characters Over a period of time, and Boruto does that over a much shorter period of time by just using the first 20 or so episodes of the series to focus entirely on building up those characters. Uh, It also definitely benefits from a familiarity with the parents of those characters because they look similar and they have similar powers. Uh, But if you're not familiar with those original characters, you can still jump in on those early episodes of Boruto and get to know who all these people are and what they can do for uh, at a sort of high level. Uh, And then uh, the story sort of gets into more focused storytelling that um, centers on, you know, just a few characters at a time. I will say I was watching Boruto because I, I really love Naruto a lot and I just want, you know, Boruto I think exists for the reason that I watched it, which is more of the same. With, that feels you know unpredictable you know like boruto should still have cool powers done in the same cool way with cool fights and stuff like that but it is a new story instead of just rewatching naruto and that's that's sort of the the big selling point i think for me and most people and um those first couple of episodes were something of a slog again because it was mostly not the stuff that i like the most in naruto which are those cool fights and cool powers and the sort of you know, dramatic high-stakes plot that ties all of those things together. Um, the, the random, chill school days vibe was just not my favorite, but then uh, they started sort of building a subtle arc below all of that that climaxed in a really great way where uh, there was some stuff that went down with some of Boruto's classmates and suddenly it got very serious and very dangerous and a really good action sequence with really good animation, And I was like, okay, sweet. So Boruto is going to get to this. They're just going to take a lot longer. Um, A couple Mm -hmm. of story arcs in, I think that does seem to be my read on Boruto. But as the series progresses, I think it starts to very slowly shift its DNA back toward a more familiar Naruto style of pacing while I think still retaining some of that like day in the life uh, stuff. But I think once I got to that first fight, it was so good and the characters were built up enough that I cared about them that I was like, you know, I think I'm okay with all the amount of time that I spent. I wish it hadn't been quite as much time, but I think I'm okay with it because the payoff was really nice. And then after that, the the payoffs start to come a little bit quicker. There's like a mini arc that involves um, Sasuke's daughter uh, that has like, it's only a couple episodes long. It's very... It's a very like to the point, all, all battles and stuff like that. So I think Boruto kind of oscillates between those, um, Naruto for the most part, uh, with some exceptions for the anime, because of the way they were making it has a, a pretty consistent fast pace. That's focused on the relatively heavy, relatively high stakes plot. Boruto seems to take a little bit more time and meander a little bit more, especially in the early going, it seems to be more about world building than, you know, uh, World, worldwide challenge, um, dealing dealing with like you know grand challenges. So uh, I think some people might might find that tough to get through. But I, as one of those people, persevered and felt like it was worth it. And if you are more inclined to enjoy that sort of slice of life thing, and you like the Naruto world, you're going to really dig it. Uh, it's been gone for a while, several years. There's more than a hundred episodes. Like you can you can really sink your teeth into this thing and i think that fans of naruto it's going to be a really easy sell but those first couple of episodes especially might make it a little bit hard to come off of the kind of high octane naruto shippuden that you're you're going to be bouncing to it from um so i would say you know stick with it if you if it intrigues you at all because i do think personally that it paid off for me
0: cool well um I uh, want to say, before we go into my screen time, that we have a really cool giveaway this week. Yeah, it's awesome. (laughs) Um, This one one is one of the ones where I was just like, I got it in the mail and I was like, I would keep this. Uh If I wasn't doing this podcast, um, which is uh, which is this, it's it's the Disney Sumsum Sum Sushi Cookbook. Um, it's it's like how to make different Disney characters out of sushi rolls. Um, it is really really cool, um, and I I flipped through it a little bit to see if I could do some of the things, and I was like, oh, this tells you exactly what to do. It's just a it's a really cool giveaway, and I am really excited that we get to be a part of a really cool podcast network that lets us give away these things um we we recently found out that there is another podcast that just joined our network that I've I'm excited about as oh, well. Oh, I hadn't heard about that. Um, it's called the Yeah, it's the Geek Exploration Podcast. Um, they do um kind of like a grab bag of geeky things. Um, and I think they're really cool. They're also putting out a, a comic book right now. Um, that they're kickstarting, and it looks like their Kickstarter is almost successful, which is really exciting for them. Yeah. Um, so if you want to support and do all that kind of stuff, you should and. And if you're looking and waiting for me to talk about the giveaway, the the uh, the key word here is just send me a gif of somebody doing something with sushi. Not not gross, though. Don't send me a gross <laughs> gif. Just send me send me something funny. There are funny. exceptions.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> OK, um, so let's go into my screen time. My screen time is terrible and it's called Gibbate or Gibbate. Or Gibayate. I don't Jibby know 8. what it's supposed could be to be. This a gif
1: Jeff situation.
0: <laughs> oh my god. So this this anime is... Okay, so not only does it start out with kind of subpar animation, and it's a little bit confusing, um, it then plays around with a time-traveling warrior from the past. Oh, Samurai Jack. seemingly well no um it it seems like seemingly no reason uh why he's come back from the past um and then the thing that set me off the most about the show other than the animation quality just being okay there is a 3d cgi element to it and the element to it would make you think oh this is from like 1995 <laughs> but no it's from 2020 it's like it just came out this year and i was looking at the like the the quality of the cgi and i was just like who okayed this it's just so bad like the first time you see uh, okay so let me give you the premise yeah. so it's the year 20 it's the year 2030 in Japan and there is a virus and it's known as Gibia, oh, and it affects human beings and turns them into monsters. Um, so you explode and you turn into monsters and at the same time, a samurai, a ninja and a monk from early Edo period travel through time to ruin Japan in 2030. um, okay um there's also a professor that's looking to cure the virus um and so they they deal with this and they meet up and they're going to fight against this virus and against these monsters and it is it is a premise that when you hear about it like on the surface you're like okay i can see how i would watch this yeah some but
1: some warriors from the past travel to the future to battle a group of anti-maskers I, that sounds interesting to me
0: yeah yeah what about <laughs> Anyways, um, the problem is that, number one, uh, it it has that animation problem. Number two, it has that CGI problem. And number three, it, its pace and action sequences are just okay. Um, and I think that with all of this stuff together, um, it makes for a show that is just seemingly infinitely skippable to me. Um, it's, it's one of those shows where it's just like... Um, it, it doesn't, it doesn't excel enough in any, in any one kind of area to make me want to even recommend that somebody start watching it. Um, I, I watched three episodes of it to just give it a fair shake. Um, and it didn't impress me any of the episodes. Um, and I, I think that some people would watch the opening sequence and when they first, they saw the first CGI moment of of one of these monsters inside of a plane and how bad the CGI is on that monster they would probably turn it off. I'm gonna need you to send me that is,
1: a YouTube clip of that after we're done recording. Oh my
0: god. It's just it's just one of those things that makes me so frustrated when I see stuff like this. It's the same reason I was so frustrated about st- this thing with Studio Dean and Seven Deadly Sins, mm. because I love Seven Deadly Sins so much, that when you see the bad animation quality on the other end of it, you're like, if somebody picked this up for the first time, and they started watching it, they would turn it off before getting it into the storyline, and they probably wouldn't get it give it a fair shake and in this time period where there are so many talented artists and so many talented cgi artists especially that are not you know the most expensive artists in the world it's 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 not going to be excusable anymore to give us subpar things that we are expected to go along with, especially when it's trying to fight against shows that are coming out that are just so insanely higher quality than they are, you know, Uh, especially in 2020. It's like, you know, there, there are a hundred other anime that are coming out right now that just outclass this and outrun this by so much. So basically like Um, the,
1: the animation quality of the, hand-drawn and the cg are both bad and the storytelling isn't good enough to make up for it is that am i reading you correctly there Yes, okay.
0: it is one of those, it's one of those things that uh, I, I'm going to hearken back to a, a different show. It's, it's very, very different from this, but it, it reminded me of it because the CG is not very good in it. Um, and it's the, I think it's, I think it's Seven Ronin or something. Um, it's a, it's an anime movie that was about, um about these, these different Ronin that like they're, they're fighting to. It's, it's a story that's been told a whole bunch of I times in this version, version of it.
1: Like a, a- theatrical movie with Keanu Reeves.
0: Yeah, I think so. But there's a there's an anime version that was a movie that came out pretty recently. Um, and by recently, I mean in like the 20s, uh, tr- like the 2000s. Um, that came out that had this CG quality, and the CG quality wasn't great, but the animation was really on par, and the storytelling was so good that it lets you push past it. Mm. This show has this kind of interesting premise that keeps you on board for about 20 minutes, and then it's just like, okay, I'm ready to get off the train now. Yeah. Um, and so. That's my feeling about it. I, I'm I'm going to be honest. It, it looks like it's only 12 episodes. Um, I don't know if it's coming out with a season two, but I was a hard pass after starting to watch it. Wow, and and you, that's, you only watched and three episodes? Cents. I mean,
1: can you even really have an opinion on it without watching oh, 12? Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Blake,
0: what, what was your page flips for this week? Because I'm so excited to talk about mine.
1: Uh, okay, that's interesting. Uh, do you know anything about mine? It's brand spanking new uh this is a manga series called sakamoto days uh s-a-k-a-m-o-t-o uh and then days like you know days of the week um sakamoto days is so brand new that there is only one chapter available right now the new chapter the second chapter comes out two days after we record this four days before you're able to hear this at the earliest and uh let me tell you a story. Once upon a time, there was a hitman in Japan who was so talented that he was feared everywhere. Kind of like a John Wick sort of situation where he was just like an unstoppable force and everybody in the criminal underworld knew about him and sort of shook at his name. His name was Sakamoto. Now, years later, Sakamoto has mysteriously vanished from the world of crime because he met a woman fell in love became overweight had a child and now runs a store i i have been watching a lot of kim's convenience which is also a fantastic show that you should check out Uh, it's not anime adjacent but it's about a korean immigrant family in canada so it's sort of you know now there's korean manhwa being turned into anime so i'm gonna bank shot say that it's related. Uh, kim's convenience is very good and uh the main uh, the namesake of the show is mr kim who is uh sort of like the real life version of this animated dude sakamoto is kind of a big round fluffy looking dude who uh is sort of adorable um sakamoto also doesn't speak a single word the entire chapter uh He does have some thought bubbles where you know what he's saying, but those are very infrequent. And largely it is because Sakamoto's shop is visited by another member of the criminal underworld, a guy who is clairvoyant, specifically in that he is able to read people's thoughts. So he shows up and is like, Hi, I have found you. You have been gone for several years. Uh, What happened to you? And Sakamoto... Uh, is there with his shop and his wife and his young kid and the dude sort of realizes that he is not really a threat anymore and uh, he leaves and then it turns out that um, the clairvoyant guy was hired by a criminal organization to find sakamoto because as a member of the criminal underworld you're not allowed to get out of the criminal underworld and if you do, you are to be killed. So this guy was sent to find Sakamoto and kill him, and he decided not to kill him. Then uh, Sakamoto, he, hes the criminal dude is like, well, if you don't kill him, number one, I will put a hit out on you. Number two, I will just put another hit out on Sakamoto with somebody else until he's dead. And so uh, the clairvoyant dude decides to go back and kill Sakamoto. Sakamoto completely disables him in a absolutely delightful way because he's like very like round soft shapes so he looks kind of adorable and just like completely completely harmless and then suddenly he's like moving super fast and like basically he's this sort of like affable older dude who's overweight and has lost none of his dangerous assassin skills he just doesn't use them anymore and so he like disables the clairvoyant dude who comes back into a store by like you know utilizing the different items for sale in his shop to throw the guy off and then like he grabs the dude's gun and um not breaks it but you know you can like you can uh, disassemble the, uh, like a gun. So he does that in like a moment's notice and the guy doesn't have a gun anymore that he can shoot him with. And he's like, oh, I, I, there's no way I can, I can beat you, but I also see that you have a really happy life here. So he goes to tell the criminal organization that like Sakamoto has a good life. They need to leave him alone. And if they need somebody to die because Sakamoto deserted the criminal underworld, they should kill the clairvoyant dude. Um, the leader of the organization thinks to himself that he will kill the clairvoyant dude and then kill Sakamoto anyway. But again, clairvoyant dude is clairvoyant, so he hears that and starts avoiding uh all of these criminal dudes be- <laughs> using his uh, mind-reading abilities to uh, not get hit. But he is not skilled enough to like take them all down. Um, sakamoto realizes what's going on because while disabling the dude earlier he also might like put a microphone bug on him and so he knows where he is (laughs) and what's happening and shows up and totally takes down all of the criminal guys and then the end of the chapter is uh the clairvoyant dude is taken back to sakamoto's shop and given a job in the shop and it looks like it is going to be this adorable story of the clairvoyant guy learning to love life and enjoy a simple life while he and Sakamoto pair up to fend off various aspects of the criminal underworld. I this is amazing. loved this. Spencer, <laughs> you will love this. You have got to, if you have free time in the next couple of days, read this chapter and then text me about it because it's so good. Uh, absolutely. This again, just like Build King last week, um, I actually think both of these series were selected to be released as part of a anniversary celebration that Shonen Jump is having right now. So these are both um, these are both being put forth by Shonen Jump to commemorate a special occasion, and we should reward them by patronizing this work. Sakamoto Days so good, cannot recommend highly enough. It was a comedy manga that made me laugh while I was reading it, which you guys know is not a super common thing. It was absolutely delightful. The action sequences were like invigorating, well-drawn, uh, got me invested even while knowing that this is like not the kind of manga where the main character is going to be in major peril in the first chapter. Um, I could see this going a couple of different ways. It could get really dark and action-y. It could stay really light and uh, comedic, and I would be happy to follow it in either direction. Uh, this is This is a series I'm definitely going to want to be keeping my eyes on. Uh, And I'm going to be really looking forward to the future of also the creator of it has the same name as a voice actor from Gintama, but I don't think is that person. It sounds like uh, in contrast to last week's Build King, where the creator has made a successful series in the form of Toriko, this week's mangaka is uh, sort of a a lesser known name. They have a few small, less successful series to their names. So Sakamoto Days is off to a great start. Everybody check it out. Let's make this one a success because it is worth it. Cool. All
0: right. Going into mine, which is great, and also something that I have completely fallen in love with. Interesting. Um, this is this page flip is called Hell's Paradise. Jigokuraku. Uh, Jigokuraku.
1: Jigo- I think this one's only like Jigikura-ka. ten chapters old, isn't it? This is pretty new too. Uh,
0: yeah. It's it's very new as well. It's also a A really, really, really interesting story. Okay, so um, it starts out with this character that he is being put to death... um, and he's being put to death in all of these different ways. They're trying to, like, they try to cut his head off. Um, that doesn't work. The sword breaks. Um, they try to burn him alive. It doesn't work. Uh, they try to pull him asunder by two oxen running in two different directions. And the ox are pulled back and, like, fall, like, not dead at his feet but not able to keep on running at his feet um and we find out that this guy um think of him as uh, i almost thought of him as uh a, an another one of those ninja from the village hidden in the mist that had to be raised by murdering all of their uh their co cohorts that are also ninja kids um so he is a ninja that was raised to have no soul and to be hollow on the inside his his nickname is like you know the he's hollow um so yeah he's he's definitely hollow man check Um, out our patreon only uh,
1: episode this week (laughs) (laughs)
0: um so he he um so he has this ability to i guess just be really really strong but also he uses ninjutsu um at one point he is able to light himself on fire using ninjutsu and run around super fast and do cool things Um, i'm assuming light
1: himself on fire so that he can like burn others not so that he is like self-immolating to death or something
0: no, Yeah, so he's kind of like Johnny the Human Torch, it mm. seems like, the way that he's fighting. And the reason why I don't know much more about that is because the story starts to pick up and give you a very, very interesting spin that I was not expecting. Um, the first thing that you find out that is that he keeps on talking about how he wants to die um, because he's hollow and he doesn't fear death. But it turns out that all of these different things, it wasn't just that he... He was being prevented because he was so powerful and he couldn't be killed in that way. It was actually because his subconscious self was keeping him alive because he wanted to get back to his wife. Um, and the reason he wanted to get back to his wife is because um, he, she is the only person that has seen him for what he truly is, um, which is an actual human being who deserves to be loved. Um, and uh, the reason that he has been put to death in the first place is because he um, was forsaking his ways of being a ninja to be with this person who saw him as not just a hollow
1: killing wow, these machine. These are kind of similar... Um, this pre- setups uh, in these manga, unexpectedly. yeah.
0: Except for it's going to take a very different turn yeah, here in I just a here. second. So um, the woman who has been interviewing this character uh, after his multiple times of being trying to be killed um, mentions that uh, she is actually here. As, a, um, as an executioner from this clan that is uh, a specialty executioners who have the ability to cleave somebody's head clean off with a single stroke um, of their katana blade. Um, she is going to try and kill him next. He dodges that attack and he is admitting to her because of that that he wants to live. Because of that she is, is like, I was actually sent here for a different reason which was to acquire you um, by offering you this pardon from the shogunate inside of the area. Um, They will give you a full pardon if you go on this whirlwind adventure to go gain the elixir of life uh, from what it looks like to be the new world. They think that it is uh, the realm of um the realm of the eternal so like when people where people go when they die okay. and they found it by sailing like across the planet and the people that have returned back from it though um they are horribly mangled and ripped apart and their bodies have started to sprout flowers from them okay. and they show them inside of these boats as like when they pull up the boat is like a, a half of a person's corpse smiling like grinning ear to ear and it's completely covered in flowers and they're blooming from the person's body. It's really messed up and cool and weird. And it, it opens up so many questions that I was just like, not only am I in for this, but I am so intrigued by the premise and the artwork is fantastic. It's just so interesting, so well done. It takes a whole bunch of different spins on this world that they're being put in that I was just like, okay, this is going to be this is going to be a next really big manga. If it's not a really big manga or a, a really big anime, when it finally gets its adaptation, um, I will be shocked. Um, it, it, it has all of the hallmarks of being a really huge show. It is also one of those shows that has a character that is uh, slowly moving towards redemption in a way that really reminded me of something like a Roroni Kenshin. Okay. Um, and it, 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 it just got me so much where I was just like, I I want to have more of this right now. It's so good, man. Okay. That sounds great.
1: (laughs) Well, anyways, we our tag team this week. We have a story about our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Once upon a time, so you, you used to be able to go to anime conventions where a lot of people gathered all at once. No masks or anything, unless it was part of their costume.
0: Yeah, they breathed the same yeah. air, it was horrifying
1: crazy. past reality. Uh, at one of those things, Anime Central in uh, Chicago, where Spencer and I both used to live and where this podcast was originally recorded, uh, we 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 got to interview this totally awesome guy named Eric Vale. Eric Vale is mm-hmm. a very good, very prominent voice actor. We were excited probably the most because he used to voice, or maybe maybe still does voice, Trunks on Dragon Ball Z. And Trunks is cool. We like Trunks. Uh, he also has many other big names to his, uh, his oeuvre. But um, we inadvertently and without realizing we had done anything of the sort, became something of the center of a small news story in the anime community because <laughs> on our podcast interview episode with him, he confirmed the existence of a second season of the 2019 Fruits Basket anime reboot. And uh, I I guess that had not been confirmed yet anywhere. So we were kind of accidentally like breaking news there and... For a minute, that episode blew up and was not trending on Twitter or anything like that. We're not that big. And uh, (laughs) the Fruits Basket section of the anime community is not large enough to cause a Twitter trend. But in as much as that section of the anime community has power, that uh, less our show and more that comment that happened to be on our show really got a lot of traction. And uh, that was kind of a really weird moment for Spencer and I because we did not see that coming at all. And we were like, oh, I hope some of those people listen to our show. So anyway, that's a fun little backstory to introduce you to the fact that today we're covering the 2019 reboot of Fruits Basket.
0: Yeah, Fruits Basket is a slice of life with just enough weird magic to keep you involved. Um, Very anime in that that sense. yeah, I really love Fruits Basket. I I think that this is this is one of the rare slice of life shows that kept me intrigued the whole time while watching it. Okay, um, what's your
1: history? Because this is an older series. Uh, this was really popular with people in when I was in high school. There were people that were like really into this series, even some of which that I don't think were overly interested in anime or manga as a whole, but they really liked this series specifically. Um, but I, Um, I watching the episode for this Monday pod, this was my first exposure to the series directly personally.
0: Yeah. So I don't have a a ton of, uh, a, a, a ton of, you know, watching history with this. Um, I I was really introduced to it for the first time when we were doing our prep um, uh, for Anime Central and finding out that we would be interviewing Eric Vale um, in that I found out that Fruits Basket was something that he covered. And so I was like, okay, well, I should check out this and see what it's about. Um, And it's it's not one of the one of those that I would necessarily pick up if it wasn't if it wasn't something that we had to cover. Um, however, um, it is one that I, I I, don't think... I don't think that you would be hard-pressed to convince people that... Um, the newer version of it shouldn't be the thing that people start with okay. um, and that that being said I, I checked out the original manga to see what the manga was like uh, the the manga as well as the anime uh, series that ran um, originally um, in 2001 um, is just a, a much much lower quality it seems than the one that came out as of 2019 um, yeah this was and this th- looks it doesn't great. seem like the storyline really changes um the the storyline is it it doesn't seem to be completely different at all from the original show it looks like it's just getting a re-upped version of it um to tell the story in the the way that um it it kind of deserves yeah because this is a this is a show that a lot of people have loved for a very long time yeah
1: the big difference from what i could tell from uh, from looking up to see sort of how this show relates to the series as a whole um the fruits basket manga ran for quite a few volumes was very popular the original fruits basket anime ran for i think it's only like 24 episodes and it covers a section of the plot of the manga but does not cover the entirety of the manga and it kind of ends and they're like you know this isn't the end of the story there's more if you want but like it's a good ending place My understanding is that the new version is intending to use a seasonal release structure uh, that is kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. the new hotness in the anime world to tell the story again. And this time, I believe they're telling the whole story from the manga. Yeah, Uh,
0: it looks like they have the first season came out in 2019. The second season came out in 2020. Yeah, um, And then there's a third season that's slated for 2021. Yeah, I think spring or summer
1: of 21 is when it's supposed to come out.
0: Yeah, I will say that, uh, <laughs> If you want to be a little bit annoyed again by something that is not high, as quiet quality as this um, the new series the new series is um, done by TMS entertainment um, and is done in a really beautiful version mm-hmm. the great. 2001 version is done by Studio Dean huh. and Studio Dean is the one that did a really terrible job with uh, Seven Deadly Studio Sins, the Dean. New aka the
1: ones who ruined seven deadly sets <laughs>
0: <laughs> i know so if i'm saying if you're gonna pick this up you should pick it up with the 2019 version of it and the plot of the show is number one it's it's charming uh because i i think that the lead character um is uh i i i think uh i think her first name is Toru? Toru. Um, I think that's... Toru? Yeah. Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? Okay. I, I watched it in the Japanese version. Oh, so I watched the I, I, didn't I was like, well, if it. we
1: interviewed this guy, I'm going to listen to him say things. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, she, uh, she is introduced to these characters that are part of a family um the family is possessed by uh, a bunch of animals from the chinese zodiac um and the random thing about them is that if they are touched by the opposite sex they will revert to the animal forms
1: of themselves it's so random it's weird (laughs) this is one of those It's one of those things about anime where you're just like the premise is too specific to be like it's so anime. It's one of the things that makes anime charming and weird and maybe a barrier of entry for people who are not, you know, self-driven by their own curiosity about it. But it's one of those things like once you become an anime fan and you're just like, oh, they turn into animals when someone of the opposite sex touches them. Oh, his head is a gun. Oh, this is totally fine. Like, none of this is weird. It's just anime. And like, this is, yeah, this is very much that. Fruits Basket, I also, I thought it was a romance. And uh, so I, I again, I don't have a lot of exposure to the series. Some of you out there listening are probably like big Fruits Basket fans from its original run. Um, so you'll you'll know this better than I, and you know as such, forgive me for any misspeaking that I do here. My understanding is that it does have aspects of romance that are prominent in its storytelling. I believe that the story will spend a lot of time focusing on Toru, our main female protagonist, having uncertainty about which of the dudes in the show she's going to be into. I don't think it's a harem anime, uh, or I guess. This is kind of sexist, but sometimes when it's a one girl with a lot of dudes, it's called a reverse harem. I think just because of the prominence of the uh, other other way being much more common. But uh, I don't think it's that. I don't think the point is that it's meant to just like titillate you or to get people put into funny, sexy positions. Um, I think there is this romance undercurrent, but it sounds like from reading some like critic reviews of the series and stuff like that. That it actually is much more heavy on the drama, that there's a lot of angst, and that this is a series that is probably going to induce crying more than once. So, the first episode is very cute and very charming and Mm -hmm. feels very light. It sounds like it's going to get real heavy, so you need to know that before buying in, if you have not bought in previously, that this is not going to be like a cute little walk in the park at all times. However, it is yeah, pretty Toru, well
0: done. Toru, yeah, Toru is uh, immediately introduced as you know this girl who's living in the woods. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's living in a tent and for hilarious like... reasons. Yeah, and when you find out about that, you're like, oh, this is going to be funny. And then there's a little bit of an undercurrent of, like, this is also sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're just like, don't pay attention to that. Look at the funny things. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I think it's going to be one of those specifically. I think that this is one of those, if you like Slice of Life, if you like rom-coms, if you like a little touch of Supernatural, um, this is definitely going to be for you. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is one that you will also and i don't I don't say this very lightly um but i I think this is one that you really really should think about it in this way if you're somebody who likes those kind of things and you were looking for a fan community to embrace you the fruits basket community is wide and vast and they are very very adamant about bringing new people in that love this show as well so if you're one of those people that's just looking for like an anime community to feel like belong to because you like a show like this there is definitely a community out there and they are always looking for more people um I've met people that are connected to the fruits basket community from that random thing with Eric Vale, um, and they are very nice. They're very interested and they're very open to having like long conversations about fruit basket, fruits basket. Yeah, they they want to talk about it. So what was <laughs> all they want to talk about?
1: It. What was your? <laughs> let me. I want to give my personal sort of like final thoughts of like my experience first because I think you probably liked this more than I did. Uh, mm. I enjoyed it but I also got a little bit bored with some of the conventions of the plot. Like, I think it's cute Mm. that they turn into animals, but I was also like, I don't know that I'm bought in on this yet. Um, I didn't feel a strong desire to watch anymore, but I do also feel some curiosity about the series. It's not, it, it is a series that I could very much see myself not really having any interest in pursuing anymore. And it's a series that I could see myself having a mood one day and picking it up randomly uh it's also the kind of series where i was like i don't think i'm gonna self-direct watching this but if we you know if for some reason we were to pick fruits basket up as one of our friday shows i wouldn't begrudge that you know like it just yeah it didn't hook me very heavily but i was not a, I i was not unhappy to have spent the time that i spent with it
0: yeah. And I think that that's sort of where I lie okay. to. Um, it's, it's not one of those shows that like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't strike a chord with me and it's not like a, it's not like a popcorn show that I would want to pick up, you know, week after week to just watch because I, I love yeah, it Yeah, because so we're much. shown in tracks. It's one of those. But
1: this is, yeah, it, that's, if this were in our wheelhouse, this would be high up there. Like this is high quality. This is well done. The pacing of the storytelling was really good. It's just not a story that, it's not the type of story that I usually want to spend a lot of time with. it. If it is that for you, you're going to adore this thing.
0: Yeah. And I would also say, like, one last thing about it that's kind of a different take that we do usually for these kind of uh, episodes. I think it's also one of the ones that you could introduce to people that, you know, might not be super into shonen anime mm-hmm. and you could be like they like anime and they like rom coms a little bit and they, they might want to pick it up. Maybe a significant other, like a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend that is kind of interested in this kind of stuff. And you could watch it with them and you wouldn't be bored or upset by having to watch it. Yeah. Um it, it reminded me of uh like I my my wife randomly wanted to watch like the Sailor Moon again and watching Sailor Moon I was just like, Oh, it's I I see why sailor moon was so popular yeah and the biggest reason why behind it is it's just like yes it has those silly moments yes it had those like random action anime aspects to it um it's not one of the ones where i would like actively go out and seek it but while watching it it's just like i can see the merit to it and i understand why people like this and it's one of those things where it's just like i'm not actively being like i have to leave the room
1: you know yeah this is i, I guess i I want to really like draw that distinction because there are some things that we've covered on these shows and obviously like this is only, I think our 11th Monday episode. So I'm sure there are some people out there that are listening and that are really not interested in anything outside of the Monday episodes and therefore probably don't know us as well as the people who are listening to like the whole thing know us. So I just really want to double down on the fact that like Spencer and I tend not to super respond to romance heavy drama heavy slides of life heavy series we are usually looking more for the action heavy series and fruits basket is not one of those so for us it wasn't a super big hit however it was such high quality that i think we still both enjoyed it for what it was and for you out there this is not a thing for us because of our storytelling preferences but it is good and if you like this kind of story you're going to really like this as opposed to some other things that we've reviewed where we're like, this is not for us and we don't think it's that good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. uh, Key, key going back to give earlier. Yeah. That's a, that's a good example
1: from this week. There are also of course other examples, but yeah, fruits basket, very good. Just not our thing, but you're going to love it if it is your thing. And if you're not sure, you should try uh,
0: it. Okay. Um, Let's uh, stick with us after these credits and we'll tell you another life lesson.
1: Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions and presented as part of the Geekly Grind podcast network.
0: Sound editing is done by Rashad English. He's our level
1: 13 sound wizard. 13? Did he jump even more levels? He gained a lot of experience by defeating the Dark Lord of Smooth Jazz. Do you mean Chuck Mangione from King of
0: the Hill? Rashad is the King of the Hill now. Damn it, Bobby. Anyway, our podcast is ad-free, and if you want to keep it that way, please consider supporting us on Patreon.
1: Follow us on Twitter at b and S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com
0: slash r slash Get Jumped. Also, we have a Discord server. You can find the
1: links to that on all of our social media platforms. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New review episodes
0: come out every Monday, and new rewatch episodes appear every Friday.
2: And hey, thanks for listening. Greetings, anime fans. My name is Jeremy, and I'm the editor in chief for The Geekly Grind, a place where geeks can go to escape their weekly grind. We're coming up on our fifth year of operation, and to celebrate, we searched high and low for some of the coolest podcasts out there in order to create a new geek-centric podcast network. And what we found were three awesome shows that are sure to be a great addition to any geek's media menu. Of course, there's Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, which is this wonderful show, which features an additional episode weekly now to cover new anime and manga from our friends at Biz and Funimation. You can also dive into the world of comics with comic book keepers where chris and lance chew the fat about their favorite heroes villains and comic series as well as the impact that comics can have on our lives finally if you're seeking a fantastical and fun retreat knights of the Roll table is an engaging and family-friendly DD adventure starring talented improv actors with three fantastic podcasts on the books and more on the horizon make sure to check out the geekly grind podcast network as well as our regular content at www.thegeeklygrind.com
1: We'll see you next week, and until then...
0: Look, I'm not saying that traveling through time in order to fight off a virus is necessarily the best thing to do, but if we could get a time traveler from the future to just come back and give us the universal cure for our current plague, that'd be, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, that's a good plan.
0: Just gonna put that out there in the universe.